Red alert. Hey everyone, before we start with this episode, we wanted to give a trigger warning. In this episode, we will talk about non-consensual kisses and allude to certain parts of Star Trek that portray non-consensual sexual activities. We won't go into too much detail. Nevertheless, we think it's important to give this trigger warning. We will put the time frame in which we discuss these topics into the episode description so you can easily skip it without missing out on anything else. Cancel red alert. Hi everyone, this is Paula and this is Alex and this is your podcast Deep Space Gay. Do it. Engage. Fascinating. Steady as she goes. So today we have a little bit of a different episode from last time because we're not talking about a specific TOS episode but about a TOS character. And the person we're talking about today is Nyota Uhura. She is... Someone that we, I think, have been teasering a little bit over our first couple episodes. Um, saying that we want to talk about her. And today's the day. Yeah, today's the day. I don't know, we said you wanted to do a little bit of an introduction to Uhura. So maybe you yes. start with that. I am going to do that. Okay, I just wanted you to, to all to her, uh, hear Alex. Because, you know, she hasn't said anything so far. She's here too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here too. I'm so sorry. I just have a little bit of a problem with my computer because today we're doing remote recording um, as I am back in my student dorm and Paula is back with her parents and we're doing this over Skype. My computer just decided that he hates my phone. So it's a working process. Yeah, I hope like this is gonna go okay because like we said, this is the first time we're not in the same room while recording, which is kind of weird, yeah. you know, but I think we can do this. Like, other people do it too. Like, we can do this. I also hope the audio is okay, because like I said, we um, just cut the first couple episodes recently. And in the first one, something went wrong with the audio, so we want to apologize for that. But, you know, it's we're learning. You're all learning. So, we can do this together, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Um, so, let's get talking about Lieutenant Uhura. She is obviously the communications officer on board the Enterprise and her rank is that of Lieutenant, like I just said, Lieutenant Uhura. Um, she gets promoted to Lieutenant Commander sometime after the five-year mission. So before um, the motion picture, that would be sometime in the late 2270s, I think I read. And I also have a fun fact for you about Uhura is that she holds a 100-meter run record um, so she's quite athletic. <laughs> that was revealed in um, the TAS episode, so the um, animated show. Um, 114, which is called The Slavo Weapon. I just read that about her and thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Another fact about her is that at first, during TOS, she didn't actually have a first name. Well, she did have one, but it wasn't ever re re revealed. It wasn't talked about. Um, but, you know, people had canoned about that a lot. And the two names that were used for her first name were actually Neota, so the name that she then ended up getting, which means star, and Panda, which means love. And both of those were used a lot in, in Star Trek novels and background information stuff and whatnot. 
So, um, like I said, we only know her name's Nyota because of the AOS movie, so the Calvin timeline. Um, they kind of made a running joke about that. I'm sure all of you who've seen the movies are aware that like Jim always wants to know her first name and she doesn't want to get it, uh, give it to him because he's like a womanizer. <laughs> you hear the quotation marks, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, that was obviously because, you know, they were making kind of a running joke about her first name and that she never had one. So, yeah, and another fun fact or like little tidbit is that she usually wears a red uniform. I'm sure we've all seen her in that. She looks stunning. But um, for two episodes in the first season, the Corbinite Maneuver and also Mutt's Women, which are episodes two and three of season one, she actually wears a yellow command uniform. Did you know that? I did not know that. But did we watch the episode? Wait, wait, we did? I think we haven't. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think we have. We have seen... Have we seen one or two episodes with Mud? I think we've only seen the second one. I think we've only seen I, Mud, right? Yeah, we've seen I, Mud. We shouldn't have watched that in, like, all over the place. It might have been a mistake. <laughs> Maybe, but I didn't want you to, like, get tired of, you know, the show. So we only watched the, like, good ones. The ones that I like the most. Obviously, you know. Everyone has their own opinions about the ranking of the TOS episodes. But yeah, we started watching with um, those that I like the most. So yeah, we left a couple out that are outrageously sexist or racist or just plain weird. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that. So no hard feelings. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I think it's cool, but also a little bit weird because why did they change that? But maybe it's just, I don't know, a thing with like the old Star Trek film crew. I don't know. Yeah, I also, I think there's also like an episode where McCoy wears a red or a yellow shirt. I just saw like a screenshot of that earlier and I was like, oh, interesting. And yeah, so they were all over the place with that stuff. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, like I'm pretty sure like they changed the shirts a couple times throughout. I don't know why. It's just maybe because they wanted to or they didn't really keep track of the continuity. If anyone knows, tell us. Why not? <laughs> The only thing I know is that in the animated series, they had a few, I don't know, screw ups where they accidentally forgot to animate someone's legs or, I don't know, accidentally took the wrong color for their shirts. So maybe that's just, I don't know. I think it's just the 60s, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good old t fashion TV. All right. So, Alex, I think you want to tell us a little bit about the historic context um, and about, you know, Uhura in that context. Yes, I want to. I did some research this morning and I did, I think I spent three hours researching stuff, not because it's like so difficult, but because I'm going to talk about um, the African-American civil rights movement, but I'm also going to talk about the continent Africa. I'm also going to talk about the Great Lakes area in Africa and it's something I've never learned about, so I just went deep in. And before that, um, Uhura is from the United Nations of Africa that's canon um when i read that for the first time i was a little bit like oh wow that sounds like white people wrote it because that sounds like something an african not an african an american person wrote was like yeah that that one country uh continent uh africa you know uh yeah yeah i get what you mean and i don't know i tried to find more information on the united nations of africa like in star trek but there wasn't that much it only said like it's africa and i was like okay cool Great. 
And one thing that is really cool about Uhura is that she's fluent in Swahili. And Swahili is a language that already exists because Star Trek is in the future. Oh my god, this is going to mess with <laughs> my head so much. And um, it is a language mostly spoken in Kenya, Tanzania and um, Uganda, but also in the countries of Rwanda, Burundi and Somali Somalia, 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 I think. And Mozambique. Yeah, I think in German we say Somalia, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I'm also going to say some, I don't know, Swahili words in all of this. And I'm already so, so sorry because I'm quite sure I'm not going to use a proper pronunciation because it's just not a language I was ever, I don't know, exposed to in any way. Because here in Europe, the only, like, I think the first time anyone was exposed to African languages was probably Black Panther. Ah, uh, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we learn European languages. So yeah, she's from, we don't know which country precisely. So um, from like the language and her heritage, I would say maybe from Kenya or Tanzania. Um, and so maybe I'll start with the language Swahili a little bit more. It is a language spoken, as I said, in many different countries. And it's spoken by tens of millions of African people. Um, you have the uh, African Great Lakes countries, and I actually put in our Google Drive the picture. It's picture number. Oh yeah. It's picture number two. Um, for you maybe to get some context on like where that is in Africa. So if you guys are interested, right. just Google um, African Great Lakes countries. If you have never been in Africa or don't know that much about it, it's like in southern eastern Africa. And um, the in Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania, the language Swahili is used as an official or national language. And it was also used in the... Oh my god, I'm going to butcher this so much. I'm so, so sorry. It was also <laughs> used in the Tanguanyika, I think, independence movement, um, which was a movement like a fight or uprising um, for independence in Tanzania. So the word, which I was just butchered, Tang. Yanika, I think, um, is nowadays like that's the name for Tanzania. So um, they changed that. And um, the, like Swahili back in the day, because um, Tanzania was, I think, British or Belgian um, occupation. Let me check. Yeah, it was British um, occupation. So they spoke mostly English there. So using Swahili um, in an independence movement was actually a really clever way to make information public and um, to actually have these mass communications and to rally up the different tribes in Tanzania. And it was used by the Tanganyika African National Union, which is a political party which still exists and was formed in 1954. And um, one thing I think with all, like most African countries, if not all, is the whole... I. I don't know, problem that many, many of the countries had to rebuild their entire culture. They had to rebuild their entire, I don't know, nation after the colonization in the late 19th and early 20th century. So that's just really amazing to see that even nowadays for people who live in Tanzania, the language Swahili is actually incredibly important because it mm -hmm. united the tribes. The first thing I had to think of, because it's my only frame of reference, is that one scene from Braveheart, where he's like uniting <laughs> all the Scottish people. He's like, yeah, for I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. I never watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that one because it's like an 
or every old person's movie mashup thingy. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So yeah, and um, as I said, it's still like the Swahili language is still a huge part of um, Tanzanian. I think, I think it's called Tanzanian. I don't know. I'm so bad at like countries and how you describe them in terms of like Bel people from Belgium, and I'm like. Belgian people, Bel Belgian people. I I never know that. <laughs> it's such I a think, weird thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Belgian people, but it's not that important right now. <laughs> no, that's true. But my brain is just like, what was it? So yeah, um, it's still like a key identity, like a part of the identity of many people from Tanzania because Swahili was such an important part of the independence movement. And I think that's just really cool to see where Uhura comes from. And um, Uhura even is the word Uhura which translates to freedom and is Swahili is actually in the motto of the um, state of Tanzania. So it's Uhura na Umoja and it translates to freedom and unity. And I think that's just so cool. I stumbled upon that and it's just, I don't know. It's such a dope fact. Like Uhura is in there. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, even though that probably wasn't the main idea. <laughs> <laughs> probably not but you know who knows what inspired um gene roddenberry probably to name her we don't know i do i do i actually you do, do. oh I do. amazing <laughs> what a great segue her name was inspired by the novel uhuru by robert rock and it's about the mau mau uprising in kenya the mau mau uprising is the independence uprising independence movement in kenya from 1952 to 1960 And it was basically a war between the Kenya Land and Freedom Army, the KLFR, and the British colonizing authorities. And sadly, the revolution had failed. Um, this is the first picture in a Google Drive like, um, file you will find. It's a British prison camp in Kenya in 1954 during the Mau Mau uprising. I found that today um, while doing my research. And I think what's really cool, because in a form, like in an episode before, we talked about, oh, what was his name? Harold Macmillan. <laughs> I even named him the dude of the week. Oh my God. Yeah, he was your dude. He was the one with the wind of change speech who decided at some point, African people deserve rights. And everyone was super shocked, like Europeans <laughs> usually are in that time. So what's really interesting is that he gave the speech. I think, I'm not entirely sure because I wasn't able to reconstruct that entirely, but I think After the end of the war, of the Mau Mau uprising, he probably went to Africa and he came back one month later and gave that speech. And it's, I, I found that this morning and I was like, oh my God, this is a connection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you closed the circle. Oh, I love it when things come full circle. So yeah, yeah. Um, that is like what I found about like African history. And to say African history is just really stupid because it's like a huge continent with so many different cultures so many different tribes and countries and i think it's just so cool to learn more about it even though it was in my free time i'm really sad that the only thing we've ever learned in school was africa the broken continent we only learned about yeah. the colonization we only learned about how they destroyed african cultures and i mean it's important that we learn about that to understand why africa is the way it is nowadays But it's so sad that we always stopped in the 1940s when things actually started to be interesting and where you can see these independent movements actually start. Yeah, I think so too. I would have loved to learn more about that. Yeah, definitely. It's so sad. And it's also such a missed opportunity. 
Yeah. So now I also, because I was like, yeah, I want to learn more about these countries. I took a look at Kenya and Tanzania. And I just wanted to take, like, get maybe a little bit of an impression of what these countries are doing at the moment and what is like, maybe, I don't know, if I were a tourist, what I could do there, because I think that's always a great way to learn more about the country. And <laughs> <laughs> the um, in Kenya, the main export, which is not important at all, but to me it's really important because their main export is tea, followed by flowers and coffee. And I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um their national motto is harambe and that is translates to let us all pull together which i think it's really cool the capital of kenya is nairobi and of course kenya is famous for its diverse landscape you have beaches you have the savannah you have the mountains and the many many different national parks and i think the big sites are the nairobi national museum you can take a look back into your google drive or now like five awesome <laughs> It's just slipping in the German there. Um, the pictures three and four are pictures of the Nairobi National Museum in outside and inside. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Yeah. And picture number 12 is the Mount Kenya National Park. And that, I think, is also really pretty. I just thought it looked super dope. and um, Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. And so you have this really diverse landscape. Um, you also have, for example, the Beats Factory Center in Nairobi. It's like one of their main exports like this from of the city and you also have like african heritage houses and um yeah i think that's just places where you could travel to if you were a tourist and in tanzania as i said before they have the motto uhura no umoja and their capital is dodoma which i didn't know because no one ever told me and the big site in tanzania is of course mount kilimanjaro which is like the highest mountain in africa you also have many many national parks and reserves and for example the island zanzibar what's really cool is there you have the stone town in zanzibar which is an arabian town an old arabian town and it's the oldest functioning swahili city in the world oh, beautiful yeah so thank you alex for giving us a rundown of all of that it's always really interesting to learn about different people and cultures and obstacles people had to overcome but that is yeah that's super cool yeah and i thought of course to like maybe bring a little bit of context into why uhura was such an important character in the united states of course um i don't think i have to talk much about it because it's something everyone should be aware of it's like the african-american civil rights movement which um, massively started in the 1950s. Of course, in the United States of America, you always had the, like, since the beginning of the United States, you had the problem with slavery. And, for example, from the late 19th century till 1965, you had the Jim Crow laws, which, where there is massive oppression um, of African-American people. And you have names in that movement like Rosa Parks, um, Martin Luther King, a Philip Randolph, Bayard Rustin, and Malcolm X. And in, um, I think, the three milestones before Star Trek started was the March of Washington and the March on Washington in on August 28, 1963, which is, was um, a huge civil rights march on Washington. I also put you a picture on, like, the Google Drive um, folder. It's picture number nine. And it's something I think we all have seen. If you just Google it, um, if you're interested yeah. to look at that, it's a picture that's like really famous. And that was the day where Martin Luther King gave his famous um, I Have a Dream speech. 
you also have the Bloody Sunday, which uh, happened in 1965 in March. And it's really famous because it was a mass, like a huge protest, which sadly ended in police violence and police brutality against peaceful protesters. And you also have, of course, like the Civil Rights Acts, which were supposed to protect um, African-American people from discrimination at work and also in public spaces and when voting. But I mean, we all know how that, I don't know, ended up nowadays. They mm -hmm. didn't work out the way I think these protesters back in the day thought. And the main connection no. between Martin Luther King and Uhura is that... Um, Michelle Nichols actually got to meet Martin Luther King um, in 1967, which I think is so amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, just imagine like meeting someone like Martin Luther King. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine what like that was like for her. And he t like he told her, um, I'm going to quote like her and him on that. I'm not sure who was the one who quoted, but I think Nichols told a story. He said. You are our image of where we're going to be. You are 300 years from now. And that means that's where we are. And it takes place now. Keep doing what you're doing. You are our inspiration. And Nichols was actually planning on leaving Star Trek. Due to multiple reasons. The source I have here said that she wanted to return to musical theater. Um, and she recounts that Martin Luther King let like star trek was the only show king let his children watch um because he said they had representation and when he told like when she told him that she wanted to leave star trek he actually said don't you understand for the first time we were seen as we should be seen you don't have a black role you have an equal role and that's such an incredible quote like to think about back in the day how important it must have been to see a black woman on tv who wasn't a slave who wasn't a servant but actually an equal member of a group of mostly white men i think that's just absolutely beautiful that is yeah that is crazy i mean think about it even now in some tv shows you don't have that so that is a massive step that they took and yeah at that time that is really cool yeah and i think that's just i don't know whenever i think we talk about tos we've done it before so many times now Whenever we talk about it, it's always important to remind ourselves that the 1960s were, even though there are similarities and like ideas and norms, they were vastly different, and especially in the ent entertainment industry compared to what it is nowadays. And I think it's just so important to always think about how important, like how impactful um, Uhura as a character was, or Sulo, or Chekhov, and um, that's why we always do the little introduction to history when we do these kinds of topics. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's very important to think about that too. Also, um, you know, Uhura is still such a huge inspiration today and the thing that her legacy still carries on till today, that is something I think that they probably wouldn't have imagined at that time, but now she's more important than ever and I think like tons of actresses and actors after Nichelle Nichols actually said that she was a huge inspiration for them to even get into acting and take these roles and, you know, make a change so that everyone can be portrayed as equal. Yeah. I think, yeah, that is massive. Absolutely. I mean, I remember Whoopi Goldberg actually talking about that yes. and how she said, wow, mom, there is someone on TV who is like me. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was my um, 
history lesson for today. <laughs> Come back next time. Um, and I think we now want to get into our next, I don't know, thing we want to talk about. Do we? Yeah, I think we want to talk about something that is closely related to what we just talked about. And that is an episode that was... A game changer, really, for TV and for what was to come. And that episode is um, TOS Season 3, Episode 12, Plato's Stepchildren. I cannot stress enough how important this episode is for everything that we know and learn and see today. Um, that might be a little bit of an overstatement, to be honest, but I, I'm telling you guys, it is so important. Okay, let's just get some basic facts about this out shall we okay so the episode aired on the 22nd of november in 1968 and it was written by meyer dubinsky and if i have to describe it myself it is one of the many episodes in season three where members of the crew get abducted <laughs> and tortured um <laughs> i'm saying that now in case any of you have a problem with those kind of themes because they're you know um They're present throughout all of the episode. And, like, I usually don't have that much of a problem with themes like that. But I'm saying, like, it was pretty hard for me to get through the episode at first. For the, I think the first, like, 20 to 30 minutes were pretty hard to watch for me. And I think for Alex as well, right? I mean, um, it was hard to watch, but also it was hilarious because I knew what was coming. Yes. Yeah, Alex already knew. I didn't know. I was shocked, I let me tell you. <laughs> no, because I we watched it together and Paula, of course, watched it the second time. And when she watched it the first time, she sent me a link on YouTube to the scene she like, which is really <laughs> disturbing. And I remember I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I'm actually I have like some time allotted for that later okay. when I like give a brief <laughs> summary of the episode because yeah, let me just tell you. I just wanna give you some proof that I'm not just like very I don't know, a very weak-minded person or whatever, because actually the episode wasn't aired in the UK until the 22nd of December 1993. The, D the BBC actually refused to air it because of its sadistic... God, what was it? Sadistic elements in the plot. Um, yeah, so they refused to air it because the torture was just too much for them. And also that counts for the empath. Which is another episode in season three that is has a pretty similar plot, I think. Actually, it's also about abduction and torture and, you know. Well, you know, I don't, yeah. I do really like those episodes. Like, in general, like, I do like them now. But like I said, it was it was a little hard to watch them at first. Um, like I said, I'm gonna give you a brief summary now um, about what happens. And then I'll get to why this episode is so massively important. Okay, um, so the summary on Memory Alpha is that the Enterprise finds a planet in inhabited by aliens who were once followers of the Greek philosopher Plato. I think that's what you pronounce his name, how you pronounce his name in English, right? I think, yeah, I mean, it should be Plato. fine. Plato? Yeah, it should be fine. We say Plato. <laughs> and, um, you know, the Platonians. And I think it's also important to add um, that those aliens are actually telekinetic so they can you know move things with their mind and coerce people to do things that they maybe don't want to do all right so um basically what happens is that the en enterprise gets a distress call they get summoned to this planet because the leader of the platonians his name is parman and he is suffering from an infection 
So, you know, there's an away team and who better to send down to this planet that they have never been to before, to people that they have never ever encountered before than Jim, Bones and Spock. Because, you know, <laughs> that's always just such a good idea to send your most senior officers down there and leave the ship, um, you know, to Scotty. He can do it, right? He can do it. I mean, he can do it. It's what they always do. He, yeah, it's what he, you know, he's already, he already knows. It's old news. All right. Okay. So the three of them, um, they go down to help the people, and you know, Bones. He does actually help Parman, and the Platonians think it's so great what he does, and they love his work so much that they actually want to keep Bones. Um, Jim, as you can imagine, isn't too amused. He says no. He wants to keep his best friend with him because yeah, I get that. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would opt for the same. Um, well, and like I'm trying to make. Like it very short. I'm just gonna say um, that the Platonians aren't really happy with that, um, which is why they get tortured. And now, Alex, is your time to describe to the people what this scene is actually <laughs> like. I mean, before I just wanted to say that the time we like the first time I saw that, I just started crying because I thought it was so funny because <laughs> it's like I don't even know. He forces them to like he forces like Bones is at the side like I think sitting by him or something and he forces yeah. them to tap dance <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's just so weird and there's this scene <laughs> you have in the in the episode you have a character who is um smaller than all the other characters um he's significantly less tall and he is forced <laughs> to ride on <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> He is forced. <laughs> <to> <laughs> oh, that is so stupid. He is forced to ride on Kirk's bag while Kirk is basically making May noises, being like <laughs> pretending to be a horse. <laughs> and it's just the weirdest thing. And yeah, I think they also have to sing at some point, and it's just <laughs> a really weird scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll come to the singing part later. Um, yeah, there's two scenes where I think they get tortured in this. Where I think one scene where like Jim is forced to slap himself in the face <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> oh my god, this is actually this is kind of technically not even funny. It's kind of you know it's it's torture <laughs> and mind invasion and shit. But um, it's also yeah, it's also funny. Well, yeah, so yeah, there's two scenes and one like he refuses to let Bones go and then Bones like tries to convince Jim to let him go because like he feels so sorry for the other two and he wants them to like not be tortured basically, he wants them not to be hurt and um, yeah, in the one scene I think um, they also use like both Jim and Bones' weakness for Spock by making Spock laugh and cry and I think McCoy even says like you're killing him and it's kind of like that part is actually pretty emotional and there's my favorite trope of all time is actually in that scene too where someone is like under mental duress and um, they're like you know forced to do something they don't want but um, then someone tries to make them hurt a person really close to them so in that case it's like Jim he's like lying on the ground and Or is it the other way around? Shit, I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I didn't rewatch it. I didn't rewatch <laughs> it either. Is the thing I only read about it. Well, that is fun. So I think it's it's Jim lying on the on the ground, and 
Spock basically like tap dancing all over him and then he like is almost forced to like stomp on his head and um, you know he breaks out of his mental control of the mental control of Parman just before he does that because you know if you in case you haven't listened to the episode before this it's love bitch it's soulmate I mean they're space husbands <laughs> they're space gays so um, yeah I think uh, I'm so sorry, everyone. I should have probably rewatched the scene because I don't know like who broke out of the mental control. Might have been Jim, might have been Spock, but like both of them were involved. No, I think it was Spock. Yeah, right. I think it was Spock. I'm I'm quite sure it was Spock because he was the one tapped. Yeah, and then like he crawled over (laughs) to like a pond and started crying, and it was a whole thing. Listen, if you don't want to watch the whole episode, maybe just watch this scene because, like Alex said, it's it's part of it are pretty hilarious, but. Yeah, I think I I watched it while eating and I had to pause it because I was almost like snorting my food through my nose because I was (laughs) laughing so hard. I had to pause it. I was like, nope, not right now. That's not a good idea. Okay, before we get even more off track, let's just keep this summary kind of going. Um, So Alex already talked about Alexander. He's the guy who's like shorter than all the others. He is kind of the slave of the Platonians, I think. He also has no telekinetic abilities. And but he wants to help them, the Enterprise crew. He wants to help them um, because he's also, you know, been getting bullied by these Platonians for his whole life and he's sick of it. So they try and figure out a way to defeat Parman. And I think like that taking some readings and um, they figure out that there's like a specific chemical that is in like all the food and like the atmosphere around them and everyone like processes it in a normal way basically except for alexander because like he has some i don't know deficiencies or something he cannot pronounce uh, no he cannot produce like the thing that all the others do so he doesn't have the ability and like bones figures out or maybe it's Spock. They figure out um, that if they like take this chemical, then at some point they're gonna get like also the same abilities as the Plutonians do. So they're not technically, you know, super powered or something. It's just like the circumstances of the planet, and they recreate that. And before they can like do anything else with this plan, um, they are being abducted yet again or like forced to go somewhere. And we see that actually Chapel and Uhura have been beamed down and, you know, everyone meets in this kind of theater kind of thing. Like it looks like an auditorium and everyone is wearing very, well, revealing clothes. Like all those togas are very, very, very short and, you know, glittery. <laughs> and it's a sight to behold. Like if you want to look up the pictures, it's it sure looks interesting. And I think like, I think Spock is wearing wearing like a crown of laurels or something like yeah, and I think Jim too. Yeah, they they sure did something with that, and um yeah, Chapel and Hura also in those Greek costumes and um yeah, this scene is also where it gets kind of uncomfortable, um because I think everyone is very like they don't want to be in that situation. It's it's literally torture. Yeah, it's torture. So um, Spock is basically forced to sing. Um, he's singing about the laughing spaceman. And I think actually the song is really cool in itself. Like Leonard Nimoy, we all know he can sing. It's, you know, beautifully sung. And um, what happens next is pretty important. So listen up, everyone. Um, 
the people, four of them, um, are forced into pairs. So it's Uhura and Kirk and also Spock and Chapel. They make them like run around and whatnot and then they lie down on like these chairs and um, Spock and Chapel are being forced to kiss. Um, very. <laughs> this might be very uncomfortable because, you know, it's clearly non-con. Um, and I think even Chapel says, uh, for so long I've wanted to be close to you. No, all I want is to crawl away and die. And yeah. I don't know what it is with Star, Star Trek and non-con, but they have it too often, right? Yeah, they have really, like, sometimes scenes tend to be a little bit, I don't know, rapey. And, like, with non-con, um, Paula means non-con oh, yeah. essential. Yeah, because that's, like, fandom yeah, sorry, that <laughs> is slang for those of you who don't yeah. know. Sometimes I need to remember to explain those kinds of words to people. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> non-consensual kissing and, you know, it makes everyone really uncomfortable. And then after we see that, basically, we also see Kirk and Hura kiss. And now you're probably going to ask me, Paula, why is that in any way relevant to what you're talking about? Well, because it is groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking, yeah. Um, it's the first scripted kiss between a white man and a black woman on US TV, well, that was the popular opinion anyway. I think it's actually not. I think, like, before that, there have been, like, some kisses between, like, white people and POC before. But I think, like, in a context like this, in a scripted way and also, like, in something that had as much traction as Star Trek does. So I think it's fine to say that it was, yeah, it was groundbreaking. Um, yeah. And um, obviously, during that time, it was 1960... That was obviously groundbreaking because, um, like Alex explained, the civil rights movement was picking up traction and um, things weren't as they are today, obviously. So what NBC did um, is they made the people shoot two versions of the kiss um, or of that scene. And there was to be one version where um, they would kiss and one where they didn't, right? Um, and... The thing is that they wanted to wear, um, no, to air one version, the one without the kiss in the South, because they were afraid that if they only had the one with the kiss, that TV stations in the South just simply wouldn't air the episode because, you know, there was a kiss between a white man and a black woman. And yeah, all that racist crap that we talked about earlier, that is making me <laughs> super angry right now. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, the thing is that they kind of ruined the second take so like um let me explain they shot the first one with a kiss right and everything was good and well and then they deliberately ruined every single take after that and i actually want to read you a quote by initial nichols um about this scene and the way they shot it so what she says or writes is actually the next day they screened the dailies and although i rarely attended them i couldn't miss this one Everyone watched as Kirk and Uhura kissed and kissed and kissed. And I'd like to set the record straight. Although Kirk and Uhura fought it, they did kiss in every single scene. When the non-kissing scene came out, everyone in the room cracked up. The last shot, which looked okay on the set, actually had Bill, so that's William Shatner, wildly crossing his eyes. It was so corny and just plain bad. It was unusable. The only alternative was to cut this out the scene altogether, but that it was impossible to do without ruining the entire episode. Finally, the guys in charge relented. To hell with it. Let's go with the kiss. 
I guess they figured we were going to be cancelled in a few months anyway, and so the kiss stayed. And she was actually <laughs> right about that. Star Trek was cancelled not longer after that. Um, <laughs> as we know, TOS only has three th seasons. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting fact, you know? And that's why it was really important, the scene. Yeah. Although, you know, it's like... I think they could only make the kiss a non-consensual one because otherwise they couldn't have aired it at all. And I think this scene also shows again why we have been saying that Star Trek is one of the biggest first for so many things in like pop culture and fandom. Yeah. Okay, and thank you so much for this. I mean, um, as I said before, the scenes are really weird, but if you want to take a look at them, feel free, they're on YouTube. And now we thought, because we've been talking about Uhura and she is not one of the main, main characters. Like, she isn't like, I don't know, Kirk who's in every single episode. I mean, she, of course, is there, but she never, like, rarely has the important storylines. Or I don't, I'm not even sure if she ever has that because it was like the 1960s. So what we did is that we chose our own top five Uhura episodes of, I only chose like TOS. Yeah, same. Okay, um, so do you want to st start maybe with your own, like, what is your, to like, number five? My, my number five? So the thing is that I don't really have them in, like, any particular order. They're just, oh, like, okay. five <laughs> episodes that, you know, I really enjoyed Uhura's storyline in, or the way she performed something, or, you know, that just really spoke to me. So should I just start with a random one? Okay, yeah. I'm just going to start with a random one. And the one I'm going to start with is The Changeling. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> do you have that one too? That's my number oh, one, actually. really cool. Yeah, that's the one I wrote down first, but you know. <laughs> so in that episode, she loses her memory because she gets attacked by a nomad. And that's an interstellar probe that has become intelligent. And in that episode, she needs to learn everything she's ever known. And she's helped hugely by Christine Chappell, the nurse. And I just think their relationship in this episode is incredibly cute. I think they even hug sometimes. And as I've noted with Alex, they don't really hug a lot in TOS, which I think is really, you know, it's really sad. So, you know, maybe we should start a petition that there should be more hugs in Star Trek. That's what I always say, because... I just love seeing <laughs> friendship and people, you know, hug. Thing is, I'm not a big hugger myself, but I love seeing people hug. It's just, you know, <laughs> makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. So, um, yeah, so they hug in that episode and they spend a lot of time together and help each other. Or like, well, Christine helps Uhura, but um, what's also noteworthy in this episode, and I think that's probably the reason that Alex has written it down, is that she speaks Suahili in this episode quite a bit, right? Yes, she, I mean, they had to, like, they brought someone in to actually write those lines for her. And what I thought was also really cool, it's, that's mostly why I picked it, is because she learns English up to a, I would say, college level or, like, I don't know, C1, C2 level um, in one episode, which is just amazing. It really speaks to her abilities and how intelligent, intelligent she yeah, is. Yeah, she is a linguistic genius, that is for sure. Okay, so do you want to yeah. continue now? We're both one down, technically. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe I just continue with my number two now that we have had my number one. <laughs> and uh, my second, like my on second position is Mirror Mirror. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, because I think it's just so cool how badass she is. She's thrown into this fascist mirror and she's just making it rock. And also, I mean, that uniform 
she always looks amazing but but like the the space nazis head style you have to that's the only thing i'm willing to give to them like that's the only thing that speaks for them and i think it's just a really cool episode yeah, we're looking respectfully just saying we're looking respectfully but yeah those costumes are really cool like all of them are really cool right like the sashes all the glitter the knee-high boots for everyone in the crew like not just the women but the men yeah. as well chef's kiss it is amazing also alex and me are probably gonna go as mirror kirk and mirror spock for halloween so look out for those pictures once that time comes around i mean I, wait yeah like if we so quick interjection from my side we don't actually um so we haven't published anything yet but as of this episode i think we're gonna start publishing stuff right yeah so i don't know when this episode will come out but i think it's it's pretty close-ish to halloween so this is four episodes in I so that is eight weeks eight weeks from now is actually already the middle of october i mean yeah if either it has happened or it will happen. look out we probably we, we're gonna probably publish those pictures on um on our social media alex will tell you about all of that at the end of the episode yeah you know sometimes you need to talk to people and be like hey check out our social media Okay, so were you finished with your like mirror mirror thing, or do do you want to continue? I mean, Because you sidetracked yourself. Yeah, again. I, I always do that, and I want to say sorry, <laughs> but then I'm like, no, you know what? This is your podcast. Do what you want, and I'm like, sure, I'll do what I want. I talk about what I want. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> I'm also I'm obviously including you in this. No mirror mirror. Yeah, I picked it for the same reasons. Her is super badass. Like I think the scene where she like helps um holds officer mm, moreau Marlene, oh. like mirror kirk's girlfriend right she holds her at knife point and she's like really badass and at the beginning i think she's like really afraid because obviously you're in a like really weird version of the universe where everyone is a fascist all of a sudden but you know she still does her job she does it wonderfully and the whole plan comes together because of her i think and in the end you know they all get home so yeah, for that bravery yeah. and badassness, uh, I picked that episode. <laughs> okay, what is a third episode you the chose? The third episode I chose is The Naked Time. We've talked about that episode <laughs> a, lo a lot already and we're also going to continue talking about that because I already said that we're definitely going to make an episode all about those horny space viruses because I just recently watched the DS9 episode where they also have a horny space virus and... You know, there's quite a few and I think we should talk about them at some point. Um, yeah, The Naked Time, obviously the OG horny space virus episode. And um, the reason, well, they're not really horny in that one. Except for some people, you know. It's more of a like drunkenness that befalls them. And I picked this for one specific line from Nichelle Nichols uh, that was improvised by her. Okay. So yeah, that specific scene when Sudo comes onto the bridge shirtless with his sword and he takes Uhura hostage, basically. She tries to, you know, keep him from killing Kirk and <laughs> giving her his sword. And he says, I'll protect you, fair maiden, and basically like holds her hostage. And she replies, sorry, neither. That line is amazing. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you how hard I loved at that because that was just, that was just ballsy, right? That was bold. And yeah, it was improvised by Nichols on the set. And they didn't actually have to cut it, which is also great. 
that couldn't have been easy with like the censoring and everything back in the day. Yeah, amazing. All right, so next one for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think, wait, let me check. Yeah, I have two left. I think one, I like the fifth one I chose is I Mud, mostly because she tricks the, like it's an like, episode with like androids and everything. It's a whole thing. And um, she tricks those androids into believing that she betrayed her crewmates. And I think it's such a pretty badass moment for her to just like take the wheel and be like, yeah, I'm doing this. And I thought that was just a really cool moment. And she has a big presence in the um, episode. And I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that one is really... Yeah, we just watched that recently, right? That was fun. Um, yeah, it was one of the last ones we watched, I yeah, think. I think so too. Okay, so that one is a cool one. Um, the one I picked next is actually Charlie X. Um, because I think it's the first one where we see Uhura and hear Uhura sing. And she has a beautiful singing voice. And I think like that's also a huge part of her character. I always, like, as you see when, you know, watching Star Trek with me, I always really like seeing people off duty for some reason. You know, I just want a Star Trek sitcom. I just want everyone to hang out <laughs> and have fun. And I, for some reason, I'm really like, I really like seeing people's just rooms and where they live. And, you know, I think that's really cool and getting to know a character. So that scene is really awesome because she sings, she makes um, Spock play his Vulcan instrument and she sings to that and she improvises and it's amazing. And in that episode, we also see her and Yeoman Rand. Shout out to Janice. She deserved better. <laughs> Especially in that episode. Um, you know, they play cards together and I think that's really cool just to see them hang out and do stuff. So yeah, that was your fourth episode. What is your last one? The My last episode that I chose is the Tholian Web. Um, for similar reasons to the one, you know, before that. Because we actually see Uhura off-duty, which doesn't happen a lot. She's in her quarters and she's standing in front of her mirror. And uh, the context of that episode is that Jim, like everyone, everyone thinks that he died when he was like, there was like a phase in the universe and he was like in a parallel universe and everything. Everyone thinks like when they can't get him back the first time that he probably died. But Uhura is actually the first one that he appears to. So he is, you know, he's still in that other universe, but he's like trying to get people to notice him. And she's the first one to notice him. And she's so happy and relieved in that moment when she sees him. And then you can see that they're all really just like a big family. And that is another reason, you know, why we love Star Trek in general. It's the found family and she's so happy to see him. And I think, you know, w if she wouldn't have said anything, she would have been like, oh, may maybe I'm delusional or something, then he would not have been rescued. But she did. So in my opinion, she really did save Jim's ass in that episode, which makes it super badass and, yeah, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a really cool episode. Mine goes into the other, like, I think in the opposite way, because I chose Trouble with Tribbles. It's one of my most favorite TOS episodes because it's like, I mean, I love the tribbles. They're, they're so weird. And I probably would be super freaked out because they just multiply <laughs> like the gremlins. But I don't know. I love what I like really adore in this episode is once, of course, seeing like the soft side of Uhura, which we don't always get to see because she's like working. And of course, she's like a professional and she's badass. And we can also see the friendship she has with Chekhov. And I thought that was just so cute. 
the two of them like bonding over these little weird fur balls and i think that's just i i don't know maybe this is why it's my third favorite episode with uhura <laughs> yeah it's I, lo- I love it too it's a really cool episode i think every like that's probably the episode i've watched most often like off star trek mm-hmm, because same. you know it's everyone knows it right it's it's pretty iconic i'm also already looking forward to the ds9 episode um triads and tribulations very much looking forward to that i think it's going to be hilarious i don't know i'm, I'm so far away i finished the first season of deep space amazing Nine, i managed like yesterday and today i just started watching the orville i don't know I, ha- I feel like i need to talk about this because the last episode was more or less about transgender rights and i was like oh my god this is the third episode of the first season of the orville and it's really cool it's like a parody of star trek not a parody it's like something similar and you can always sense that it's made with so much heart and so much love and it also has one of my most favorite actresses from agents of shield in it so yeah i can recommend it just saying like putting it out there yeah i'm pretty sure that i'm gonna watch it at some point too because you always might want yeah. stuff and i always make you watch stuff <laughs> um interjecting here Apropos always making you watch stuff, I think it's time to shout out Carl Urban. Damn it, man, I'm a doctor, not a physicist. Because we, you know, we do that in every <laughs> single episode and I think it's time. And also Alex should watch The Boys because I think that's also a really, really cool episode. You know, they also talk about gay rights in that, which I think is amazing. I also just recently read the comics or like the first 30 of 72 or something. Like, I read a bunch of them mm. one day when it was really hot and I didn't want to do anything and I didn't want to work on my thesis. So, you know, instead I read comics. That's very on brand for me. I will I will watch The Boys. Okay, I think that's our ranking. Um, if you have other Uhura episodes that you absolutely love or maybe something that stood out to you, you can always reach out to us, tell us, because we're really interested in hearing your opinions, maybe also on Uhura. Uhura. <laughs> that was a weird way to pronounce her name. Uhura. And um, yeah, maybe you also have a personal connection with her. Maybe if you yourself are um, African or African-American or a black person, um, feel free to reach out to us and tell us. We're always excited to hear from you. And I think now it's time for um, our version of Fuck, Mary Yeah, Kill. I think it's time too. This time I really, you know, took a deep dive into my mind and I was like, <laughs> you know, if y'all listened to the last episode, Alex kind of fucked me over. I'm not mad at her, but I was, <laughs> you know, I was kind of stalling there. I was not expecting what she chose. So this time I also chose quite a few interesting characters. I, I, I did a themed thing, you know, I did it. I, I, I chose a theme for you, just for you. Love that. <laughs> okay. Do you want to explain to the people what we play and how we play it? Oh, yeah. Um, so we're not playing the classical version of Fuck, Mary Kill. Um, and we decided early on that we wanted to make a version where you have the three categories of being trapped with them in an elevator for 10 hours, having them be your, I don't know, lab partner for, entire, for an entire semester and having them be your employee trainer at McDonald's. And now I think Paula's giving me her three names or her themed three names. My themed three names. So I know we've talked about her on and off a lot without really talking about her. But Alex hasn't, you know, had to pick her yet. It was me twice, I think. And that's seven of nine. My second one is (laughs) my second one is Hugh. You know, I think probably the version from Picard because um, he's more fleshed out in that. And... (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure you see where this is going. My last person or character for you is the Vogue Queen. No! (laughs) (laughs) So, story time about my life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But story time about my life. I watched the first contact when I was eight years old. I think eight or nine years for the first time. And let me tell you, this film scared the living shit out of me. I had nightmares for weeks. I still haven't rewatched it because I know that I'm going to be absolutely terrified of the Borg Queen. So this is going to be hard for I me. I mean, I just recently watched First Contact for the first time. I don't know when I did, but I think it was probably in March or something. Yeah, during quarantine when I watched all of Star Trek that, you know, I could. And I also had nightmares of the Borg Queen. So she's she's <laughs> a scary, scary alien. She's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, props to the entire, like, film department and her actress. That's just something you have, like, it's an accomplishment, but still. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't want to spend any time with the war queen. <laughs> She's so scary. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and also, she will probably try to kill me or assimilate me, and I don't want that. That's, like, the thing. What would be... <laughs> where do I have to spend the least time with her? <laughs> so... Definitely not like as a lab partner because I wouldn't survive that for an entire semester. I would die. So I think we talked about that before. Um, Maybe, I don't know, I think Seven because she's such an accomplished like officer and she's really intelligent. So probably a good, I don't know, partner to have in like something you're not, I'm personally not that good at. So she's going to be my lab partner. And now... (laughs) I don't want to be in an elevator with the Borg Queen for 10 hours. <laughs> but the good thing is she wouldn't be able to assimilate me, technically, because she's in the... No, she could. She could just inject you with the nanites. Like, you know, how the simulation oh, no. works. I think... I don't know. I th- somewhere, at some point, they explained that. I think it might have been in TNG, where they explained how assimilation yeah, works. You're right. <laughs> okay, so um, there is a danger. Okay, I think... Okay, no. She will be my like my um <clears throat> employee trainer at McDonald's because McDonald's in itself it's a huge corporation. It's probably like something like a I don't know, collective <laughs> in itself. So maybe I have a chance and she gets assimilated by the McDonald's corporation before I get assimilated by her. Sound logic, yeah. Could work. Yeah, and so yeah, I love you. He um he I don't know, he's so adorable and I love the friendship he has with Jean-Luc Picard. Au contraire, mon capitaine! He's back! <laughs> or our most favorite Frenchman. And I think I would love to spend 10 hours with him in an elevator. Just talk to him, and especially like the Picard version, where he has this huge program to help former bees come back into society and come back to being themselves and i think that's just amazing and i would love to like have a conversation with him and have him tell me more about his ideas and what we could do to help former borgs so yeah that's my choice amazing good choice yeah so (laughs) i think i will give you yours now and because i felt a little bit bad about last time (laughs) I chose some characters I think you will like. The first one is James T. Kirk, because we haven't had him yet. That is crazy, actually. We talk about him a lot, and, you know, which version, though? Um, feel free to choose, I guess. <laughs> so, that's the first. The second one is Odo. Yeah, good choice. Mr. Bucket. 
And the third one is Deanna Troy. Yeah, those are really good choices. Amazingly done. Yeah, as I said, I felt bad. And now I fucked you over. That's... I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. There's always room and time to make that up to you next time, right? Okay. So, yeah. I'm not going to tell the people which version of James T. Kirk is my favorite. I will leave you all to guess. I think I already said that I love Chris Pine, though, so... You know, make up your own mind. <laughs> um, I would chose choose. I also cannot talk today. It's still hot in Germany, in case anyone's wondering. I know you're listening to this in <laughs> autumn, but it might still be hot. Who knows? Global warming. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. Marlene, my sister actually asked about that a lot, like today during breakfast, and I was like, um, yeah, great, great topic to start off the day. Um, she's ten, <laughs> and she thought about that last night when she couldn't sleep. So. Oh man, that's that's something we all want to think about, like the the doom that's coming for us. That's yeah, great. That's she she really has it down. She she does. She sure does. Okay, um, yeah. Listen, I think I would want Jim to be my lab partner because you know um, he's a genius. He is very. In I I think we say that about every single character. He is very intelligent, though, in both versions. Um, he is. You know, he cannot only do his command stuff. In one version, he did the fast-tracked academy course thing. So, got to be pretty intelligent to do, to do that. And, you know, um, the TOS version, we sometimes even see him helping out in other departments. He's very interested in engineering. So, I think he... And also, he went through the academy. Everyone who did that is supposed to be pretty intelligent and pretty good at um, natural sciences. So, he's my choice for that. Then I think I would want to be stuck in an elevator with Ojo because he has done that before <laughs> with Roxana. And, you know, so he would probably not react as badly. I think he's a calming presence always. He's um he's always pretty, well, not always, but oftentimes he's pretty calm and collected. And I think I would just want to chat with him about all kinds. DS9, I would want to know what everyone is getting up to what you know gossip there is on the station what quark is up to maybe he can rant about quark schemes for a good three or four hours <laughs> of those ten probably, probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> think so too and so that would leave diana to be my employee trainer at mcdonald's and i think that's probably a good choice because she is very patient She can, just like Roxana, read my emotions and that would probably make her a pretty good trainer, you know? She could help you if you ever feel like you're getting overwhelmed. She could just be like right by your side being like, I feel you're being overwhelmed. How can yeah, I help? Yeah, also I just really love Deanna. I honestly really love her. Yeah. She's amazing. I watched one of the Pathfinder episodes of Voyager yesterday and she showed up and just my heart, my heart skipped. I, I love that woman. She's so amazing. Okay, listen, listen. TNG is show full of very very good looking people i you know you know you know alex doesn't know <laughs> but maybe one of you knows i don't know i mean i can still like i'm not blind <laughs> i'm asexual i can still admire someone who is beautiful like there's so many pretty people and so many like beautiful people and i'm always sitting here like the blob that i am being like oh yeah that's fine <laughs> you know we're quarantine blobs that's fine Okay, and I think we like when we talked about doing this episode um, this morning, we actually discussed that we should 
tell the people what we have in store for them and what maybe some of our goals are for this podcast, why we kind of do this. I mean, we already obviously talked about why we do this and shit, but you know, just some like goals, some insane fantasies that will probably never come true but when we say them maybe people <laughs> will feel sorry for them and be like oh you know what i'm gonna tweet at car urban damn it man i'm a doctor not a physicist for you being like hey you should talk <laughs> to these weird people who are obsessed for some reason we don't really know why yeah so um you texted me the goals because i like do you want to tell the people what our dreams and hopes are <laughs> i mean what are our dreams and hopes i don't like that is weird to say like it feels kind of vain and a little arrogant <laughs> to like say like oh yeah when i grow up i want to be you know in that kind of way it's weird so but isn't it like a really cool thing children do because it's like this i think it's important that everyone has dreams and hopes that we're working towards because otherwise you're just nihilist and you're just like no everything doesn't matter like uh, and i think that doesn't really help you in life so maybe it's good to have even if it's like absolutely unattainable and you probably will never achieve it to have this idea and to have being like maybe one day i can do this okay so i think the biggest dream of course is <laughs> the carl damn it man i'm a doctor not a physicist <laughs> meeting Carl Urban in Damn it, man, I'm a doctor, not a physicist. In some way, like even if he's just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> that was that was the goal even before we started the podcast. By the way, Alex has a list of people <laughs> yeah. she wants to like reach out to with this podcast in some way or another, and he's like on top of that list. I'm so sorry, Carl. Damn it, man, I'm a doctor, not a physicist. Mr. Urban, I don't even know. <laughs> You're old. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> Mr. Urban? Call! <laughs> Another person who's also on their list is Will Wheaton, just by the way. Because I think he's just like a really he's cool really person. Neat. And also at some point I realized that he could be my dad. Like in age terms. I felt so young and old at the same time. <laughs> to be fair, Mr. Wheaton, you are also old, but we still love you. <laughs> It's like, no, when you're over 60, we can't love you anymore. You might die. <laughs> he's not over 60, though. <laughs> I think he's like my mom's age, right? Or your mom's age? <laughs> Which I one? Think like Carl Urban? No, 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 no. Will Wheaton. I, th I think I looked it up with my mom the other day. Carl Urban is 48. Damn it, man. But yeah, I think Will Wheaton is like 48. He's like one year older than my mom is, which is super weird because I only know him as a teenager. Yeah, obviously, we only see him as a teenager, but we also regularly see him on Tumblr. <laughs> Weird fact for all of you, he has Tumblr and he does a lot. And he actually posts a lot of good stuff about politics and also, you know, old sci-fi stuff and, you know, stuff like that. So you could follow him if you want to. Now I'm making, you know, ads for other people. Like, what is this? <laughs> this is turning into a promotional show of, like, actors being like, yeah, you could reach out to them. I mean, I think you can reach out to almost, almost every Star Trek actor. Yeah. Like almost not everyone you know the ones who are still alive obviously yeah no i'm talking to the dead that's what i do in my free time just being here with the uja board being like hey <laughs> leonard can you hear me <laughs> oh my god is this disrespectful i'm not quite sure um is it disrespectful if i want to talk to him uh, mm, i don't know well yeah okay so what i want to say is like just like the goal is just you know 
have anyone acknowledged that we exist as something that would be cool? Like, okay, so I want one person to actually listen to this show. I want one person to maybe send us a message on Twitter or on Instagram and say, hey, what are you doing is interesting. And, you know, I haven't really seen anything or heard anything like this before where people look at cultural impacts and historical contexts and also just like fandom aspects of a thing and talk about that so that would be pretty cool if someone from star trek would be like hey what you're doing is cool that would mean a lot too and i think maybe also going to a convention not even like i'm not even talking about being invited because that i i don't know i'm not going that far um but just i don't know the two of us going to a star trek convention maybe taking a few pictures like in photo ops and something that would be really yeah. cool but before that we will definitely like i don't know coordinate the outfits yeah we like also another goal is at some point like have a shirt or maybe a mug or something with our logo on it that oh our God, yes. amazing great the best friend um <laughs> megan made for us the logo because she's a lot more talented than any of us are and Yeah, she did that. And, you know, we would obviously have to ask her if we can use the logo for a t-shirt or something. But that would be really cool. Like, if we have a... Okay, listen. So my goal is for you to have a picture with that shirt on of our dude, Jonathan Frakes, punching you in the face. <laughs> yes. Did did I talk about... Have I talked I, about I this I don't yet? think you have, on no. The, like, so the people will probably think I wish violence on you. I can already see the chats... Paula actually hates Alex. She wants her to be punched. No, I don't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I mean, this is something I want to have in my of my free will. Like, I want that in terms of in Star Trek: The Next Generation, also like Deep Space Nine. They always do this weird open hand punch. Yeah, it's just like a palm to the face. But it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I have siblings. I have punched people before. It's like you slap someone, but you don't punch someone with an open hand. So my dream is um, to have Jonathan Frakes at a photo op fake punch me in the face. Just like that would be, I would probably like, I don't know, make it on, like put that p picture on the poster or something and just have <laughs> it like two times four meters on my own wall. Just <laughs> being the ultimate happiness. Yeah, that's a goal. So I hope someone like keeps writing these down because we're just making it up as we go at this point. Um, but yeah, you are going to edit this. Poor Alex. No, she wants to do it. I offered to do it, but she really wants to. So that's fine. As you all noticed, we also have some new drops. And, you know, we're just making things up as we go. So if we decide something is funny, then we'll probably put a drop to it. And if not, then maybe we've forgotten it or we'll do it at a later time. Or, you know, just we're not really concerned about that at the moment. The first thing to do was to record an episode and you know now we we'll see where this all ends up but yeah yeah i'm really excited to see where it does end up and you know alex's big goal is also for us to go on the star trek cruise <laughs> paula hates the star trek cruise <laughs> i don't only hate the star trek cruise just like cruises in general kind of i mean yeah i don't know first off the environmental impact is bad it's Whew, it's bad it's yeah Whew. the second off like cruises it's just like you're trapped on a boat T 
in the middle <laughs> of the ocean. I like I I don't have a problem with like being on a boat like down a river or something. I don't have a problem with being on a boat on the ocean, like going from one island to another or anything like that. Like I did island hopping in Greece when I was like a kid and stuff like that was not a problem ever, but like on a big ass freaking ship in the middle of the ocean. And what if the like one kind of medicine runs out? What if one person gets a bug and then everyone has their bug? I'm kind of scared that like like just being seasick i don't know i might be i don't know so yeah all of that kind of terrifies me and then also the fact that you're trapped on a boat with like everyone who has ever done star trek like i know that's not the case but it feels like that if you look at what people say and shit so no no i don't like you know shout out to the greatest generation it's an amazing podcast but they've talked about this exact thing before if they went on the star trek cruise one of them would get murdered by william shatner and we both know that you <laughs> would not get murdered by william shatner i would <laughs> because i cannot yeah. contain myself sometimes so and then alex has to do a true crime podcast and none of us wants I mean, that so i would yeah. do a true crime <laughs> podcast speak for yourself <laughs> oh okay alex Maybe I'll just kill you to, to, I don't know, make a change at some point. We will see. Yeah. We'll see, yeah. Okay, we're already, when recording this, I, of course I'm going to edit <laughs> this, but we're at like one hour and 16, so maybe we should come to an end. Um, uh, yeah, we should. I, I think I'll probably... Yeah. yeah, so yeah. So the last thing before we go is, Paula, I have an important question for you. Oh, what is that question? Who is your fuck fuck of this episode? Okay. So, I have a very specific fuck-fuck of the episode this time. And that's the TV stations in the south of the US that did not want to air the kiss oh, yeah. between Jim and Uhura for racist reasons. Just because they were being incredibly big fucking douchebags. And yeah, for that obvious reason, they're fuck-fucks. Yeah, good for me. That's That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, Alex, who's your fuck fuck this week? Mine is also rather specific because as I was saying before, I'm always like, not always, this morning I was really tired of only thinking of Africa like some broken continent. And my fuck facts are the people who decided that that's the only thing we as Europeans, specifically Germans, that's the only thing we should learn about. Like, yeah, they colonized them and now everyone in Africa is poor and doesn't have an education. And that's the picture they paint. And I think that's why, like, the German education system basically is my fuck-fuck of this episode. Because they should have, like, I don't know, taught us more about Africa and how it has developed over the last, I don't know, 100 years. Yeah, that is also a good one. I agree with yeah. that. I mean, the German education system is a fuck-fuck in many ways. But um, <laughs> especially in this specific way, yeah, they fucked up. They sure yeah, did. Yeah, definitely. So, um, who is your dude of this week's episode? Okay, I disclaimer from my dude of the week. My dude of the week is only a dude in this very specific thing that this person did, okay? Like, I don't want any of you to think that I like this person in any kind of way other than the good thing that he did in this thing, yeah? Okay? Everyone mm -hmm. understood that? Okay, so it's noted. It's duly noted. Only in this capacity and only in this episode, my dude of the week is, oh my god, I don't even want to say it, but it's William Shatner for, um, you know, ruining all the takes after the kiss so that NBC did not have any option but to air the kiss. You know, that's that was 
That was a good thing he did. But also I want to say that now he's a bitter, crazy old man, you know, talking <laughs> about really weird and awful things on Twitter and being transphobic and biphobic and just being a real fuck fuck in every other capacity. But this thing he did was actually really cool and nice of him. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree with you on that <laughs> one. Okay. So Alex, who's your dude of the week? My dude of the week is um, also related to real earth history. And in this case, it's it's more what he stands for, not only himself, but it's Martin Luther King. Because, of course, I did a lot of reading on the civil rights movement in the United States. And I think it's just so amazing that we had these important people, not only him, but like all his fellow leaders. We also had, I didn't even, I th don't think I talked about her, but like Rosa Parks, for example, And all these people who put themselves out there and who legitimately risked their lives. And s some of them even got killed for that, for fighting for equality and fighting for change. And I think that's just always amazing. It's, it's so admirable. So that's why he's my dude of this episode. That is an extremely good dude. Yeah. In every, <laughs> in every way. Not only in one yeah, specific really way. Like <laughs> yeah, it's really like I love the difference between Will Shatner and <laughs> Martin Luther King. <laughs> well, we did it again. <laughs> we did it again. Here we are insulting William Shatner as we should be. Yeah, as we should be. Definitely. Yeah. He I is hope loose in the Twitter world. Yeah, I mean, none of those like weird Trek fanboys follow us anyway or listen to us yeah. anyway. So we don't need to be worried about offending any of them. Those are the people. I mean, yeah. Man, those are yeah. the people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they probably left the moment we were like, yeah, we want to talk about social issues. And they were like, we hate this and left. And if you're still here, I mean, it's great that you want to educate yourself. But if you, I don't know. I just want to say, like, if you feel someone feels the need to send us hate stuff, go for it. But I'm not going to read it. Just No, we're FYI. just going to delete it. Like, there is no reason for that. So, But any of you who want to send us nice stuff or just want to talk to us or wanna i don't know maybe you have a topic for us to talk about something and oh yeah we would always be open to suggestions to y'all talking ab to us that would be amazing like i said that's one goal for this podcast the thing is like i like i said earlier we haven't even published the first episode <laughs> nothing of this is live we don't know what's gonna happen when this episode airs so it's gonna be a real surprise. Maybe someone's already talked to us. Imagine, oh, that would be so cool. That would be so amazing. So yeah, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter under at deep underscore space underscore gay. Like you can find us on Twitter on the disc, but also under like the official name is deep underscore gay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just Twitter. You know, it messed up. And you can find us on Instagram under deep underscore space underscore gay. Um, reach out to us, tag us, talk to us. We're really excited for that. And I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think that's it. So, you know, we're going to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.